Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is day 608 and we are in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 and we're continuing in the ministry of Hezekiah, ministry of Hezekiah, the reign of Hezekiah as king and uh, a wonderful event happens in today's chapter and that is the celebration of a very special Passover and uh, that is very intentionally at the center of focus of the Chronicles account of the reign of good King Hezekiah. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig into this chapter today. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, unfailing, perfect in all that it teaches us and all that it conveys without error, given by you for us, for our good. Father, please bless us to help us to understand your word and to grow in your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all the assembly in Jerusalem had taken counsel to keep the Passover in the second month, for they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not consecrated themselves in sufficient number, nor had the people assembled in Jerusalem. And the plan seemed right to the king and all the assembly, so they decreed to make a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, that the people should come and keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel, at Jerusalem. For they had not kept it as often as prescribed. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes, as the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers so that he made them a desolation as you see. Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever and serve the Lord your God that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. So the couriers went from city to city throughout the country of Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as Zebulun, but they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. However, some of the men of Asher, of Manasseh, and of Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. And many people came together in Jerusalem to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month of very great assembly. They set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem and all the altars for burning incense they took away and threw into the brook Kidron. And they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed 
so that they consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. They took their accustomed posts according to the law of Moses, the man of God, the priests, through the blood that they had received from the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. Therefore the Levites had to slaughter the Passover lamb for everyone who was not clean to consecrate it to the Lord for a majority of the people. Many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulun had not cleansed themselves. Yet they ate the Passover otherwise than as prescribed. For Hezekiah had prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. And the people of Israel who were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day singing with all their might to the Lord. And Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good skill in the service of the Lord. So they ate the food of the festival for seven days, sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, the God of their fathers. Then the whole assembly agreed together to keep the feast for another seven days. So they kept it for another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for offerings. And the princes gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. And the priests consecrated themselves in great numbers. The whole assembly of Judah and the priests and the Levites and the whole assembly that came out of Israel and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel and the sojourners who lived in Judah rejoiced. So there was the great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. Love that last line because you know, this Passover is not being done exactly according to the word of God. It's not precisely in keeping with the details of the law. But it is being done in keeping with the spirit of the law. And it is being offered up in sincerity. And God hears them. Their prayer, the prayer of the priests and the Levites to bless the people, their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. God heard from heaven and blessed them, even though everything was not exactly what it should be. All right, so this Passover celebration, it's unique, right? We read at the end of this chapter, nothing like this had happened since the days of Solomon, son of David. What do we know about since the days of Solomon? Well, since the days of Solomon, the southern kingdom of Judah with Judah and Benjamin and the northern kingdom of Israel with the other 10 tribes, they were split. And immediately, Jeroboam, the first king of the northern uh, kingdom of Israel, set up golden calves at, at Bethel and at Dan and said, this is where you're supposed to worship. And he said, don't go down to the temple to worship under the Levites. You come here to these golden calves and you worship here under the priest that I set up. And he would let anybody basically be a priest who wanted to be a priest and who could probably pay the fee that was involved in registering 
to be a priest. This is now calling all of God's people in unity. Notice the opening words. Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh. So just in case you didn't catch the idea that this is all Israel and Judah, he says, yes, there's even letters being written to Ephraim and Manasseh, which is the far northest tri northernest tribes and some of the largest populations of that northern kingdom of Israel that had separated itself from the kingdom of Judah hundreds of years before when Rehoboam was king of Judah and Jeroboam the first was king of Israel. This is a this is a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, Dan, home of the golden calf. Yes, even there, so that everybody, everybody should come, and keep the Passover, as one people of God, as one holy people of God. Now, normally the Passover is supposed to be in the first month, but they delay delay it to the second month because they're just not ready and they don't want to put it off for a whole year. They want to keep the Passover. It's been centuries since the Passover had been kept by all of Israel, and they feel like it's more important to make it happen quickly, obediently, because of the long neglect of centuries, rather than put it off for another year until everything was perfectly in place. And so they sent out the word. And what we see is that most people did not respond. Most people just simply laughed at them. We see that down in verse 10. The couriers went out from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun. They laughed them to scorn and they mocked them. They just didn't have any interest in going. They thought this was ridiculous. Who are these religious zealots? Who is this foreign king, Hezekiah of Judah? He's not our king. What is this foreign temple down there in Jerusalem? Yeah, we know that centuries ago our forefathers used to go down there, but that's been a long time. And now we're just, we have our golden calves. We have our priests. We have our system set up. Who are they to come in and tell us what they think we should be doing? They just ridiculed. But I love those first three words in verse 11. However, some men. Are you one of those? Because the world laughs and scorns at Christianity. Oh, people get up on Sunday morning and they go to church like they did in old-fashioned times. Oh, what a quaint little expression of an outdated religion. I mean, who is this Jesus guy? He's just a guy who died a long time ago, and he's got nothing to do with my life. This doesn't have anything to do with what I'm doing. We have our own patterns. We have our own priorities. However, some men. Are you part of that holy remnant that God is calling who's saying, I'm going to go and I'm going to worship the way God tells me to worship. No matter what the world says, no matter how few are the people who come with me. Now, Judah, they were blessed by God. They were given one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded them to do by the word of God. You may live in an area, you may be part of an area where the majority of people are going and worshiping the Lord. Or you may be in an area where it's hardly anybody. You may be in a family where the, you're the only one in your family who goes and the rest of your family laughs at you. Or you may be part of a multi-generational legacy of Christian heritage where, where you're all going uh, to church together 
God blesses that. And what's important here when they come together is that they worship God in spirit and in truth to the best of their ability. Not all the priests were as consecrated as they should have been. Not all the people who came were as consecrated as they should have been. The Levites, who were the most consecrated, they were the ones who sprinkled the blood, who sacrificed the animals, who, who did the worship on behalf of the people, and the people cried out to God sincerely from the heart. Especially those who came from farther away, verse 18, those from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, Zebulun, those are the farther northern uh, people who came down from the northern kingdom of Israel. They probably didn't even know about the regulations. There were no Levites who were teaching among the towns in the northern kingdom of Israel. They probably had never read the scriptures. They probably had no idea. So they come as they're able to, right? Here's an application of this for us. When people come into our church to visit, do we expect that they know how to do <clears throat> all the things that we know how to do? <clears throat> do we expect that they know how to follow along in a bulletin, when to stand, when to sit, what a hymnal is, where it is? Do we expect that they know how to conduct themselves as believers if they haven't been accustomed to going to church and worshiping God? We need to make sure that we are being welcoming. Now, being welcoming is different from some where some churches have gone by being seeker-driven. And seeker-driven or seeker-sensitive, they say, is to make the whole of the worship service all oriented toward non-believers. That's not what's happening here. These are God's people who are being welcomed in. But there is a gentleness and a patience with those who are ignorant of the way, who don't understand how to worship properly. And we need to be patient and able to instruct and lovingly encouraging all of those who are coming to worship. Um, the other thing they do is they come with generous hearts. Uh, Hezekiah gives 1,000 bulls, 7,000 sheep. The princes give 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. They're, so they come with a generosity to share, to spread the joy. And so that's what we should be doing. We should be coming with a generosity to share and to spread the joy. Because the worship of God should be a cause for great joy. We are called out of the world. We are set apart by God and for God. We are forgiven of all of our sins. We are cleansed. We are loved. And so our worship should be joyful. And we should give so that it is able to be abundantly welcoming to those who are outside. And I just, again, want to come back and end with that last phrase. Worship that is sincere. Worship that is in faith. Worship that is obedient. Worship that is generous. Worship that is welcoming. Is heard by God. Is seen by God in his holy habitation in heaven and is blessed by God. Who ultimately, through the Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, has made the way for us to have access to his throne of grace, have a relationship with him forever, be in, included in the eternal joy of the Godhead. And that is a reason to rejoice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for such good word, such good love, such good grace, such good mercy, such good welcome. We're not perfect. And even if we believe and have faith, sometimes we don't get all the details right. And we may not do exactly what you call us to do, even 
in our worship, but we pray that you would bless our worship whenever we gather in, in, in our own personal worship, in our family worship, in our gathered worship as the church. Would you bless it? Would you come? And through our Passover lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the both the sacrifice and the priest, would you bring us blessing, peace, forgiveness, joy, joy that we can share with a world that desperately needs to hear the truth and walk in the joy of the Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Love that Passover chapter. Tomorrow, more Hezekiah as he organizes the priests. So I hope you can join me for that. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.